Welcome to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we help online coaches learn how to elevate their brand, become the experts in their industries, so they can bring in more clients and create a life they want. I am your host, Chris Anderson. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review. And together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. We're going to be diving into why it's so important and the benefit of impacting people's lives with leadership, not just getting business results. So yeah, looking forward to this conversation with Michael Tanner, who has had a wide variety of expertise from military to being in the C-suite executive level. And yeah, just looking forward to picking his brain. Man, thanks so much. I really appreciate, Chris, the opportunity to serve you and your audience any way I can. So thanks so much for that. No problem. Yeah, we look forward to just learning from you and be able to implement some things you put out there for us today. So first, I guess you're the CEO founder of Credible Leadership, CredibleLeaders.com. What kind of led you to starting Credible Leaders? Yeah, you know, Chris, I think my leadership journey, it started way back in actually 1993. I tell people that I've been in a professional leadership position for now, what is that, 28 years or so, meaning actually got paid to be in a position that led other people. And that first position was actually in the United States Marine Corps back in 1993. And when people hear that I teach leadership and I have a military background, they think I'm going to come to the table with some kind of authoritarian, you know, command and control type of leadership. But actually, that was not at all what I learned in the Marine Corps. They didn't call it servant leadership, but I truly learned servant leadership in the Marine Corps. And then as I got out of there, I got into the corporate world as a software developer and right into leadership again and was just utilizing those servant leadership tactics and tricks, if you will, that I learned in the Marine Corps. And it was serving me really, really well. And as a software developer, initially, what really encouraged me or really got my wheel spinning was I wanted the company to give me a bigger problem to solve with software development. Well, eventually, I was asking for problems big enough that I couldn't solve it by myself. I needed a team. And I call that the moment that I really had this revelation that I was really excited and energized by helping and coaching and mentoring a team, a group of people to succeed. And so that was probably 15 years or so now. So I've just been doing that in the corporate world. I just love leading teams, see them succeed. And now started out on my own just for the sake of making sure that I'm not limited in the number of people that I can coach and mentor, you know, and impact their lives in a positive way by seeing them succeed. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's like I said, lots of good years of experience there. You know, I would never have guessed your age, you know. Okay. So I was born in 91. We'll just put it out there. So you started in the Marines in 93. Yes. I wanted to guess, you know, I wanted to guess that. But it's cool to see your experience through all those years to the different formalities that you've been in Mm -hmm. and now being able to use it towards credible leaders. And so why do you think, just kind of hopping right into it, why is it so important to positively impact lives versus just business results? Yeah. So that's a personal philosophy of leadership that I firmly believe in is that as a leader, You can positively impact those that you're leading. Now, I do not shy away from leadership must improve business results, right? You have to do that. I don't shy away from that at all. But I certainly also contend that you can get good business results while at the same time also positively impacting the lives of those that you're leading. And I think that that is really, really important on a number of personal levels. 
But also from a business standpoint, I see positively impacting those you're leading. I see that as the way to scalability and also longevity in your leadership. If you are leading in a way that really all you care about and all you want is the productivity out of your team, that's a short-lived type of leadership. You may get the results you're wanting this time, but the next time you need, for instance, maximum effort from your team, you just may not get that. And so that type of leadership, it just doesn't have longevity or scalability. But when you impact people positively and impact their lives, you've now earned a level of trust and loyalty and frankly, dedication such that you know you'll always get maximum effort from your team members. And that's how you get the scalability and longevity that we're all seeking as leaders, I believe. For sure. Absolutely. And I think it's really crucial. And how you mentioned at the beginning, like the servant leadership that you experienced, I think that's big. And I heard Patrick Lencioni talk once, who's an author, if you don't know who he is and a speaker, mm-hmm. but say that servant leadership should be the only type of leadership out there. Because I think if we, like you said, take care of our people and serve others and impact their lives, I think everything else kind of turns a little bit better, you know, and yeah. works a little bit better. So how can we as entrepreneurs, as leaders as people who might be building a team early on, how can we make sure that we're positively impacting the lives of our teammates? Yeah. Well, first of all, I do know Pat Lencioni. I love his books and love his teaching. There's another author that I love as well, Simon Sinek. And he wrote a book entitled Leaders Eat Last. Last. Yep. And he modeled that book after being embedded with some Marine Corps officers and seeing that philosophy. And I can attest That is a philosophy that is firmly taught in the Marine Corps of leaders always eat last. And the reason for that is you as a leader, you're always looking out for the well-being of those that you lead first. And food can be a nice commodity at times in the Marine Corps, especially hot food, right? Hot chow, if you will. (laughs) So if hot chow arrives in the field, you as a leader are going to make sure that your team eats first. And if there were a situation where there's not enough food, you're going to be the one to sacrifice and suffer long before they do, right? And the same applies here in impacting people's lives and servant leadership. That's really what it's all about. It's all about you as the leader doing anything and everything that you can to improve and make better the lives of those that you lead and also better equip and enable them to accomplish whatever the mission is, whatever the goal. That is what you're doing in servant. Your keen focus is What can I do to serve this team, to make their life better, and also to help them accomplish the goal? Mm, Yeah, and that's a really good point. Yeah, Simon Tennant's another good one, and the leaders eat lasting. I had those same kind of examples, not in the military, but like through sports teams or, you know, even just through my parents, like the small sacrifices, but they add up and it shows that impact. And I mean, obviously, because I still think about some of those today, like in how I should treat others in the entrepreneurial world, obviously, maybe not actually have food, but how can we show, I guess, that servant leadership? What are some ways that maybe you've seen or you've implemented in your teams to show that to those that you're working with? Yeah, I think that especially in the corporate world, but definitely also in the small business and entrepreneurial type world, the most important thing that you can do as a leader is you're sharing in the activity of accomplishing the goal. It's credible leadership. We work under this definition of leadership, influencing others towards a shared goal. And in our definition, that word shared, it has two meanings, if you will. First of all, it means communicated, right? There's no goal if you haven't really communicated what that goal is to your team. But the second part of that word means this idea of togetherness. We are in this together, right? And so what that means as a leader is 
I'm doing any, as I said earlier, anything and everything I can to help this team win, to achieve that goal. And whatever type of dirty work that might mean, you know, I'm getting in the trenches, I'm lifting the boxes, I'm doing whatever is necessary to accomplish that goal with that team, right? I'm not a leader that's sitting in my office, barking out orders, telling you to go to achieve the goal and best of luck. No, I'm in the trenches with you. And when you have that attitude, when you have that approach in leadership, then that's exactly what it does for your team members. It demonstrates for them that you're in it for them, not just for yourself, not because you have a title or a position, but you're in it for them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And I mean, keep to the military theme, I guess. It reminds me so much of what I witnessed when I watched Band of Brothers the HBO series. And just for those who haven't, it's just a series, docu-series, basically kind of movie based on World War II and Hunter First Airborne. But you get a glimpse of different types of leadership in there. You have the leader who is just negative, yelling, you know, it shows that he's higher than everyone else and it doesn't come off right. And it ends up, you know, in the turn actually hurting him in the long term really bad. But and then you have the leader that is there with him is their winters who runs curry he with them runs the mountain that they have to run up and come back down and he's there rubbing shoulders with his men who are ranked below him but he's there with them to build and he had to go through some adversity to build trust and um, show that he was going to be a good leader so it wasn't like ultimately he was the good guy and was just accepted he had to prove, I guess, and show that he was there and cared for him and he was going to make the right decisions for the group. And that's kind of what my mind goes to, like the just the difference in leadership there. Yeah. In that series, you're definitely seeing the dichotomy, right? Between a good leader and a poor leader. And the same applies in the corporate world or small business as it does in the military. And I say this all the time because again, people have the misconception of the military is, well, you outrank them, you gave them an order, they must follow it. You know, and I don't discount the fact that there's rank structure and all in the military. But what I would say to you is when you're leading with your rank or you're leading with your title or position, at best, you're going to get a half-hearted effort from your team. And in the military world too, when you're in truly that life or death situation, you're under fire or whatever, that's when you'll get zero response just because you outrank that person, right? You know, you bark an order out that puts that person at danger. Their life is in danger. They're not going to take that action just because you outrank them. But if you've treated them well, if you've cared for them, if you have a good relationship with them, if you've served them well, now in the heat of that battle, and you tell them to, hey, you know, go do something, they're now willing to do that again because they have the trust, they have the relationship, they know that you have their best interests at heart. And again, the exact same thing happens in the corporate world or small business world. When you say to a team member, I need you to come in this weekend, and you're saying that just because you're the vice president, they may show up in that weekend, but I bet you you're getting at best a half-hearted effort from them. But if you have a really good relationship with them and you care for them and you've served them well and you say, hey team, look, I know none of us want to be here, but we need to be here this weekend. And oh, by the way, I'll be here with you too. And I'm going to be doing the exact same thing you're doing. And all. They'll show up for the weekend and they'll do what you need to do with maximum effort because of that relationship. Yeah. And I think it goes to uh, and remind people like it does take some time. You've got to build that trust and you've got to build those relationships. And so it's not going to happen overnight. And sometimes it's just, you know, going to bat for those people even, you know, because there's so many intricacies with it like you're paying people so you've got to say like 
you know, there's possible job promotion raises, but you know, I think a big thing, people just want to be noticed and like shown that they're appreciated, even if there's no monetary or positional change, especially as like the leader. I think if Bezos or Musk or any of those kind of level guys like actually called out someone on the line and like think if they even just made a, a social media post, like we want to just say thank you to, you know, John Smith over here who's been working on the line X out, like so huge, like you said, I think just little things like that doesn't have to be anything huge, but those little things do end up being huge. Totally do. And it so positively impacts the life of that person that you're leading when you can, you know, be specific about them as a person, when you're passing them in the hallway and you can say, Hey, I, I know you and your wife moved your daughter into college this past weekend. You know, how did that go? I bet you were a little anxious about that. When you can do that with an individual as you're passing in the hallway or something like that, it's incredible the positive impact it has on them because it says to them that they are important to you, right? Now, having said that, I'll just warn everyone of this. You cannot manipulate that. You cannot manufacture that, right? You can't just not care about that person, pass them in the hallway and say, hey, how was your weekend? And you have to genuinely care for and be curious about that person as a person, not a team member, but as a person. And like you were saying, over time, build up that good relationship such that when you do pass them in the hallway and you start talking to them about those things, it really makes a positive impact. Yeah. And to go back to that, you know, I mentioned Bezos and all of them, if they were to point out someone on the line or something, granted, yes, they're very busy people and they have a lot of things going on. So maybe they do that with their inner circle and like teaching those, I guess it'll trickle down. So if you teach your inner circle and then they teach their managers and their managers teach like those people and eventually gets, you know, pointed out at any level, it trickles down and you can see how leadership, good or bad, trickles down the line based on the results and how people feel about the company. Yeah. In that scenario, right, you're building a culture of servant leadership that can traverse multiple layers in an organization, right? So to your point, a Bezos can stand at maybe at an all hands meeting and he can call out a name of a person that he's actually never met. And he can talk about maybe some accomplishment or achievement that that person made and he can express appreciation and he can do so saying, you know, and he can be transparent. He can acknowledge the fact, you know, hey, I've never met Sam here, but I hear through his leader so-and-so that he did this and he did that. And man, I really appreciate all that, right? And so you're creating that culture of servant leadership that traverses multiple layers of the organization. And that's how, you know, as a third, fourth layer up, you can express that that appreciation and knowledge of what someone has accomplished. For sure. So I guess with on the flip of that, what happens if we've built a team or we have a team and we come to the point and we realize, hey, we haven't been the best servant leader. There are some issues now. Can we fix these or are we just, you know, SOL? What can we do? There are certainly actions that you can take to correct the course, right? And it really doesn't matter what reason your leadership has been off course. You can take the appropriate action to get that leadership back on course. And one of the aspects that we teach at the Credible Leadership Group is we teach motive in leadership. And really motive is the answer to the question, why do you want to be a leader? And it really comes down to the perception that your team members have of you. Are your reasons for being a leader, are they selfish? Are selfless in nature. And I was this way and many others are, 
they actually got into leadership for selfish reasons. They wanted the title or the prestige or the influence or the compensation. But then later when you realize, well, I got into leadership for selfish reasons. Well, how do I swing that pendulum back the other way to be sure that I'm leading with a selfless nature, right? I want it to be all about the team. Well, the good news is there are actions that you can take that will even swing your thinking, your attitude towards leadership from selfish to selfless. And in a lot of ways, those actions that you're going to take are all around building relationships with those you're leading, right? They're not changing your attitude. They're not cogs in the wheel to just produce a result for you. They are people that you are genuinely curious about and that you care about. You can make the decision and you can take the action to build those relationships. And before you know it, the feelings or the emotions of selflessness will follow the actions that you're taking. Mm, for sure. That's a good point. And I'm going to kind of put you on the spot if you need to take your time, that's fine. But if you were to go out and tell someone who's asking to be a better servant leader, what would be the three things you would tell them to start to go and do or implement to become a better servant leader today? Yeah. So the first thing that I would steer them towards, start building good relationships with those you're leading. And the most powerful tool that I know to do that is the regularly held one-on-one meeting with those that report to you, right? Individual one-on-one meeting with those that report to you. And in that, you want to do two things. First of all, you want to be very regular and consistent with that meeting. So maybe you have the meeting once a week, maybe it's once every other week, but you want to have it pretty regularly. I don't think I would go beyond every other week, but it can be just a 30-minute meeting. But you as the leader have to initiate that meeting and you have to be incredibly consistent and regular at attending the meeting. At all costs, try not to ever cancel that meeting or to reschedule that meeting because your consistency in that meeting is telling that person that they are important to you, right? You're a busy person, you're a busy leader, but you're taking time, putting it on your calendar, and you're devoting yourself to that time for that person. So it tells them they're very important to you. And then once you get into the meeting, the agenda for that meeting, it can be anything you want, except for the very first item on that agenda is relationship building. And this is not a covert operation, right? This is not (laughs) something you're trying to do in secret. You can literally put it on the agenda item. Number one, relationship building. And what you're going to tell that person is, look, I know that we can work better together if we have a good relationship, if we know one another, even on a personal level. And so we're going to take five minutes every time we get together. We're just going to talk about us. I want to know about you and your family. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me and my family and my hobbies. And so for that first five minutes of every single one-on-one meeting that you have, you just want to be genuinely curious about that person. And then every time you meet, like we were talking about earlier, It's going to build that relationship up slowly over time. And again, it's just you being genuinely curious about them and talking to them about them. And then kind of secondarily to that, because the question I always get when I start telling people, we'll build these good relationships, get to know people, everybody gets a little squirmy and says, well, I don't know. I mean, because isn't there some boundary here that couldn't we get too personal with individuals or couldn't we kind of put them on the spot and ask them for details or information that they don't want to give to us and so forth. And my advice there is always let your team member determine at what level they're going to divulge information to you, that they're going to share information to you, right? So, you know, I may tell a meeting for the very first time with a new team member, you know, and I may just say, hey, look, you know, 
I want to make sure we have a good relationship here. I think we can work better together when we do. So I'll give you a little bit about me. You know, I am married and my wife and I, we've been married for 27 years. We have three children. One has graduated from college, two are in college, and here's their names and here's the school. They, I may give a whole lot of information. And then when they respond back to me, they may just, yeah, I'm married also. And that may be all they give you. And if that is, fine, that's okay. The next time you meet, you can ask, hey, how's your spouse? Because that's all you know. Now, over time, they'll start, well, and I also have three children as well, you know, and then over time, well, here are their names. And over time, here's the school that they go to. And over time, oh, by the way, we're moving one into college next weekend. And so let them determine at what level you build the relationship. But whatever level that is, you as a leader, you're willing to go there with them. That's awesome. Yeah, I think those are really good points that can be implemented is, yeah, just start, do those meetings on purpose. I think that's huge in showing, because that shows it's important to you. If it's on your schedule, it's like, yes. you know, you want to know where people's hearts are, like check mm -hmm. their schedule and check their bank account. So, that's you right. know, that's right. So I think that's huge. And then just letting it happen in time. Don't like force it to, you know, open up and grow. So I think those are great ones that people can take with them today and start to be better leaders I know I can even implement those things and be better every day. So I appreciate you sharing all these. It's been a good conversation and I'm excited to ask you this next question and kind of round things out. Everyone's created uniquely with a purpose to leave a positive mark on the world in their own way. For you, when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your mark is? Yeah, such a good question. And you know, when I hear that question, I go back, it was probably about three years ago now, I had an interview and an individual asked me, what is your definition of success? And I just kind of off the cuff gave them this definition. But later I realized, man, that's really my heart. In that answer is my heart. And I told them, I said, I believe the definition of success is serving others in the most efficient way that you can. Right. And so I would say that, you know, when it's all said and done, that's what I want people to say of me is that Michael served other people as hard as he possibly could, even to the point that at times it meant suffering and sacrificing for him, he was still dedicated to serving others. I hope that's what's said of me is that I'm a servant to other people. That's awesome. Great mission to be on for sure. So I appreciate you sharing that as well and everything else you've shared this episode. So I appreciate you being on. Where can people you know, connect with you? I know you have credibleleaders.com. Where else yes. can people connect with you and get to know you a little bit more? Well, you can certainly connect with me there on the website. I also have a podcast, Rookie Leaders. So rookieleaders.com, you can see all the episodes of that podcast. And then as it relates to social media, I'm probably most on LinkedIn. So folks are welcome to look me up on LinkedIn and connect. I'd love to connect with you there and serve you any way I can. Awesome. Well, again, Michael, we appreciate you being on today. And everybody else, listen, make sure you share this with somebody, make a difference in their lives. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well.